Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Today is going to be a fun day, and I'm really excited. Today we're concluding our series, Mo Money, Mo Problems. If you've been hanging out with us, uh, last week you knew that we talked about this idea that giving is good. Say, giving is good. And one of the things we wanted to do was just inspire uh, you to be generous this week and really equip you to be generous. And so last week as you left, uh, many of you got envelopes as you left and inside of the envelope was cash. And there was $100, 50, 20, 10, five ones. Um, And we asked you and we told you, listen, the thing we want you to do with that is not spend it on yourself, but rather believe that giving is good. And so we encourage you, hey, be generous with other people and send us the story of the impact it made. And I just want to take a second and just highlight a couple of stories I thought were really powerful. Um, Last week, I shared a verse from Isaiah 32 that says, generous people plan to do what is generous. And I just thought this was such a cool and creative way to plan generosity. Maybe it'll inspire you the way it inspired me. Uh, A girl named Laura and her husband actually decided they would take the money they got and create homeless care packages. So as they traveled and they saw someone homeless, they could actually serve them and give them items they need, like water, socks, bandages, wet wipes, oral hygiene. Isn't that awesome? Can we all put your hands together for that? Giving is good. Giving is good. Uh, Maggie did something similar. She actually put uh, a lot of food together, non-perishable items, and went downtown and handed them out. And, uh, and, and here's why, right? Because people, um, people are not defined by their past. People are not defined by their mistake. People are defined by their Savior. And sometimes we all need to be reminded that God still sees us. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody say giving is good. I want to share another story uh, from, from Sydney. Here's what she said. She said, on Sunday, I received two envelopes. Uh, one had a 20 and one had $23 and $1 bills. And she talked to her two boys and told them how we were to take that money and be a blessing to someone and wanted them to each think of a way they could do that. This past week, we received news that the sweetest elderly lady who reads to the kids at their school um, had pneumonia. And some of the women at the school are taking care of her, providing meals, et cetera, due to her not having family here locally. And Sydney and the boys decided to take the $43 and double it and give it to the women to take care of her and pay for her needs. And she just said to be able to see her boys get excited about blessing someone in need and being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus was absolutely amazing. Come on, wasn't that awesome? Amen. The final story I want to share with you, I thought was just really powerful. It did something in me. And, uh, and I actually decided, and as a team, we decided we wanted to do just a little bit more than one envelope. And so we decided to surprise this person with something really special. Check this out. So what we're about to do is we're going over here to a job site and there's a guy who works here named Sammy. And Sammy, um, he moved here from the Bahamas about a year and a half ago, right? And um, unfortunately, about a month or so ago, he got laid off due just to some immigration things. And fortunately, though, uh, about a week ago, he was able to obtain a temporary work visa so he could actually get back to work and provide for his wife and his, uh, and his son. And so on Sunday, as we gave out those envelopes, a um, family at our church just decided that, man, they knew exactly how they wanted to use it. And they wanted to bless Sammy and his family with their check. And what was so cool about that story is that their whole family decided to pitch in. And as they were leaving church, somebody else actually walked up for whatever reason, not knowing what was going on, not knowing that they were going to bless Sammy uh, with the money and just decided to give them all of their envelopes as well. And so on Monday at work, um, he was able to bless Sammy with his family so that they could actually buy groceries as they're trying to get reestablished after missing, you know, weeks of 
of, of checks and that kind of thing from work. And so what we decided to do was um, we were just going to choose to bless him even more. God put that on my heart and wanted to wanted to see how we could actually help a little bit more than just um, the money we gave him. And so we're about to surprise him. He has no idea. Uh, he has no idea who I am. He has no idea who our church is. I, I don't know if he'll ever step foot in our church. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I just, I don't even know if he knows Jesus. But what I do know is that Jesus knows him and, um, and wants to bless him and wants to let him know that he's seen and that he's loved. And so, yeah, today we're going to actually give him a, uh, a week's worth of, uh, of pay and just to encourage him um, and let him know that we're behind him. I'm thankful that he knows you. More importantly, I'm thankful that you know him and that you see him. And God, I pray you would uh, continue to just love and bless him, uh, provide and make ways where he doesn't think there is a way. Uh, God, let him know that uh, he is in your hand. God, that there are churches, not only his church, but our church that believe in him and love him. Come on, how many believe giving is good? Man, what a blessing. What was really, what was really amazing about that story was as I got to talk with Sammy, come to find out, um, his dad is actually a pastor in the Bahamas, and Sammy is a believer. And uh, what an encouraging, encouraging time to be a part of a church that's generous. Amen? I mean, if that doesn't get you inspired, and, and, and really at our church, you may be going, well, why, do we, why, are we, why are we doing that? Well, because we believe the words of Jesus that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, that whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. How many of you have experienced that? Right, like all week long, we were able to be generous, and as you were being generous, God did something in you. And as a church, like we're just committed to never be a place that uses people, that manipulates people, that judges people. We always want this to be a church that is for people. Amen. Like we want this to be a church not full of a bunch of consumers, but rather full of a bunch of contributors that are wanting to build the kingdom of heaven. Like this will never be a church that's going to make it about politics. This will always be a church that makes it about people. Like this will never be a church that will be known by what we're against. This will always be a church that we will be known by who we are for. Why? Because we believe that less is more and stress is bad and that giving is good because tomorrow matters. Say tomorrow matters. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we conclude this series. We're going to talk about today because tomorrow matters. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm so fired up about this sermon today in particular, because I believe this message today is going to serve as a transition, not just to the next series, though that we're going to talk about that, but I really believe into the next season. I really believe that God is going to do something in you today. He's going to impart something in you today that will change tomorrow, that it will change your Monday. Because I didn't just come up here to give you some information. I actually want to give you the word of God so that it can change who you are tomorrow. Amen. And so that's why next series we're going to be starting, we're call, it's called The Best Is Yet to Come. Anybody believe that? Come on. The Best Is Yet to Come. That's going to be next week. But I want to dive into today's content around tomorrow matters. Tomorrow matters. Will you pray with me? I'd love to just go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to do what we can't do. Father, thank you for your word. God, we thank you first and foremost for who you are. God, help us to see that tomorrow really does matter and that it would change the way we live today. We love you and we thank you. Do the work only you can do. Change us from the inside out. We love you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody set. Amen. Amen. 
Well, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of those guys who really believes in the next generation. I believe in Gen Z. I believe in millennials. I know there's a lot of people who probably don't, right? Um, which is really funny to me because it's always the generation above the millennial generation, which by the way, you do realize you're our parents. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Right, like different sermon, but I'm just saying as a millennial, I, I really do believe that the church, that, that our generation, the next generation, really has the opportunity to change the narrative about who God is and why his church exists. Like, I, I really believe that this generation more than ever before can really shift people's perspective about who God is and what he's calling them to do. Now, my one concern, not just for the the next generation, but for the now generation, for your generation, is that for all of us, the truth is, is that we have this, this need for instant gratification. That if there's ever a bigger need, like right now we live in a culture that tells us we got to have what we want right now. And for me, that's the biggest issue. Because when you're constantly consumed and focused on now, it's really difficult to see that tomorrow matters. And like, you know this, right? Like we want what we want, we want it now. So if we're friends and I text you and I don't see some little bubbles pop up within three seconds, we're gonna be mad, right? Like if I have to shop for something and I wanna buy something on Amazon and it can't get here in two days, you ain't getting my business. Why? Because I want it now, right? If I'm watching my favorite TV show, I don't wanna have to wait till next week to see the next episode, I wanna watch it now. And Netflix better not buffer or I'm gonna call AT&T and I'm gonna get some, some discounts in the house. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because we want it now. But if we really believe that tomorrow matters, I believe it should change the way we live today. That if, if we really believe that it's not just about now, but it's about tomorrow, if, if we realize and, and, and believe that tomorrow matters, it will change the way you parent today. It will change the way you think today. It will change the way you steward your finances today. And see, this is not just a, an issue with relationships or with things. I believe for many of us, we have this today-centered mindset around our finances as well. And, and we know that because 78% of people live paycheck to paycheck. Now, that's not to shame anybody, but three of four people sitting in this room watching online live paycheck to paycheck. Now, let me say, for some of us, like you're working your tail off, you got a job. Some of you work in two jobs, you're putting food on the table, you're paying your bills, you're providing for your family, amen. But the truth is, is that the majority of us don't actually have to live that way. But the problem is we have a today-centered mindset and we do not think about tomorrow. And so what I wanna do is I wanna take a look at a couple passages of scripture in the book of Proverbs, but then we're gonna spend the majority of our time unpacking a parable that Jesus tells, and some of you are familiar with it, known as the parable of the talents. And uh, as you've heard me say before, Jesus talks a lot about money, and this is one of the parables he teaches really to illustrate that yes, today is important, but today is important because tomorrow matters. But let's take a look first at some Proverbs. In Proverbs 21, here's what it says. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Turn to your neighbor, say, don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Proverbs 6 says this, go to the ant, you sluggard. I like that word. Turn to your neighbor, say, you sluggard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. 
Consider his ways and be wise. The ant has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Somebody text somebody that's coming to the 11 a.m. Say, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? Come on. Did you get any text from the 8 a.m.? Because they were supposed to text you. When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to, to rest. And watch what he says. And poverty will come to you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. I've been talking a lot about that idea of scarcity. And when you have a scarcity mindset, you have a today-centered mindset, it's impossible. It's nearly impossible to actually believe that tomorrow matters. And I just believe that you and I, the way that we're transformed isn't by making more money. The way that we're transformed, Romans 12, 2 says, by the renewing of our mind. But the way you and I trans are transformed is when we allow Jesus to transform the way that we think. Colossians 3 says, for you and I, as we're believers, to fix our eyes upon things above where Christ is seated, not on earthly things. So what Jesus wants to teach us today is that, yes, today matters, but what you do today impacts tomorrow. And you know this, right? If you want to be in shape tomorrow, you got to start working out today. You ain't just going to get there. Why? Because today really does matter. If you want better finances tomorrow, you got to start being faithful today. If you want your kids to like you tomorrow, nobody wants their kids to like them. If you want your kids to respect you tomorrow, you better parent them in such a way where they respect you today. Why? Because tomorrow it matters, doesn't it? So what I want to do is I want to go to this parable in Matthew 25. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. And uh, we're going to go from verse 14 all the way down uh, to verse 30. And I believe this is really going to, uh, going to help you in how Jesus illustrates this principle in this parable. If you're ready for the word of God, shout, I'm ready. ready. All right, verse 14 says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Now, this man is Jesus, okay? He's telling a parable. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. What did he entrust to them? His money. Whose money? His money. Now, he could have picked anything he wanted to pick, but he chooses to entrust his money to them. Verse 15, he gave five, say five, bags of gold to one, two, say two, bags of gold to another, and one, say one bag of gold to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now, you may be thinking, well, that's not really fair, right? Because, you know, one person, they're, they're all, none of them deserve it, but one person gets five bags of gold, five talents. Another person gets two, and the poor joker only got one. You may be thinking, well, well that's not fair. Why would God do that? Because God isn't dumb. He says that I divided them in proportion to their abilities. So let me just say this. You have what you have because that's what you can handle. And a lot of times we, we, we want to blame God for our lack when it might be the result of our laziness. And see, the next season of ability is often dependent upon how you handle this season of responsibility. Why? Because today matters and today impacts tomorrow. What God is saying is that you have to be a faithful steward with what you have today. 
What is a steward? A steward simply means to manage something that doesn't belong to you. It's to be faithful with what you've been given today so that you can be fruitful tomorrow. And the reason so many of us have a problem with stewardship is because you think that you own your life. You think that you own your money. You think that you own your job. You think that you own your car. And I don't know if this is bad news or not, but you are not the owner. God is the owner. You are the servant. And so God calls you and I to be faithful servants, not lazy ones. Amen? And so what happens in this story? Well, I'm going to illustrate it for you. Okay, and for the sake of the illustration, listen, I'm not the master, all right, I'm not Jesus, but I just wanna kind of bring this story to life because some of you are like, oh, I don't, I don't really get it, right? And so let me just get three, let me get three volunteers. Come on, let me get you two and let me get you. All right, and so you, you're gonna come up first, all right? So I want you to just get, uh, get one bag. Come on, one bag. This is one bag Braden, everybody. Come on, give Braden a shout. Come on, give, come on, this is one bag Braden. Just stand right over here. Now, I want you to be, are you excited about the one bag? I mean, it's more than I probably deserve. That's right. Come on. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Right. See, a talent, what, what Jesus gave was he gave them a, a, a talent, a bag of gold, and that was worth over a million dollars in today's money. How many of you would, would love to get a million dollars right now? All right. So we got one bag, Braden, over here with, with, with one bag, and he's excited until, until he meets two bag Timmy. And then two bag Timmy comes up and Timmy's like, hey, I got two bags. And one bag Braden's like, did you say bags? Because I only got one bag. And two bag Timmy's like, oh, I got two bags. And so now Timmy's excited. You're excited, right, Timmy? Timmy's excited until five bag Felicia rolls up. Come on. And now five bag Felicia's like, hey, I got five bags. And what happens to two bag Timmy? Two bag Timmy gets sad and one bag Braden gets sad too. Why? Because five bag Felicia showed up on the scene. It's like some of us on Instagram where God blesses us with what we have and we're happy at first until two bag Timmy shows up and you're happy with your two bags until five bag Felicia shows up. And what happens? There went your joy. It's like they got on Instagram, started comparing. You know, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. And I just believe the way that he'll kill your life more than ever before is he will kill your life with comparison and rob you of your contentment. And then what happens? We get so consumed with what everyone else has that it robs us of the contentment and of the grace and of, of what God has given us. And so then he said this, the, the man is going to be a woman for today's illustration. Five bag Felicia had five bags. Go ahead and go to work. That's what he says you did. Just go over there and you, you go to work. Said receive five bags and at once put the money to work and gain five bags more. So also the one with two bags, two bag Timmy, you go ahead and go to work too. Two bag Timmy, he gained two more as well. But come here, one bag Braden. Come on. But one bag Braden. One bag Billy over here that received one bag. What did he do? He didn't go to work. He went and he dug a hole in the ground. Just get to digging over there, all right? <laughs> and hid his master's money. Now, let me just point this out. You do realize that it takes the same effort to invest as it does to dig a hole. 
Isn't it interesting that Jesus actually uses the same language we use today to somebody that's going into debt? Jesus says, what did he do with what I gave? He dug a hole. And some of us are not only digging a hole, we're digging our grave because we are afraid. And so here's what he says next. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. Five bag Felicia, come on up here. The servant who had entrusted five bags of gold came forward and five bag Felicia got five more. Come on, y'all put your hands together for Felicia. She said, master, you gave me five bags of gold to invest. I earned five more. The master says he was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant in handling this small amount. So now I'm gonna give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Five bag Felicia, you just go ahead and go. Now you're 10 bag Tammy. Now I want you to go over there, all right? <laughs> then he says this, the servant who received two bags of gold, come on, two bag Tammy, get on up here, came forward and said, master, you gave me two bags and I've earned two more. Y'all give it up for two bag Timmy. Come on, now he's four bag Freddy. Hello. He says, you've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. We're going to go over here. We're going to throw a little party in a second. I want you to notice something. He said the same thing to both. See, we think that God is about amount. But notice what he said in that passage. He said, the one I gave five bags to, he said, thank you for entrusting and investing this small amount. Wait, small amount? That was the one that had five bags. That, they're the ones that had the most. But see, oftentimes what's a lot to us is a little to God because he has a supply that never runs out. Then he says the, says the two bag Timmy, well done, good and faithful servant. Since you've been faithful with the little I've given you, now I'll give you even more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Watch this. The reward for stewardship is responsibility. And this is why I have a problem when we try to convince people of this prosperity gospel that if you do for God and give him $10, he's gonna return it and give you 100. That's not what it says. The reward for being faithful with what you have today is more responsibility tomorrow. And see, more responsibility can lead to more money if you take what you have and double it. Say double it. Now, the servant with one bag. Come on, one bag, Braden. Get up here. Everybody just say all oh, to Braden. All oh, Braden. Here's what, here's, what, here's what one bag Braden said. He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I'd lose your money, man. So what did, what did one bag Braden do? I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. Well, thank you, one bag Braden. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank and at least get some interest on it? What's Jesus saying? He's saying you could have at least handled my money the way the world handles money. And then he says this, to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. Say abundance. abundance. They will have an abundance. And so what does he do next? He says this, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Security, come get one bag, Braden. You need to get out of here. <laughs> and what the scripture tells us that the master did, see some of us still think that God's about your money. If you continue to read, what you'll see is that he took the one bag and he gave it to five bag Felicia 
so that she would double it again. Say double it. All right, y'all give it up for Felicia and Timmy. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Now, that last part, I kind of skipped over it. I want to make sure you understand because it seems like Jesus is a little harsh, isn't he? I mean, poor one-back Braden, he, at least he didn't lose the money. But Jesus says, you're a wicked and lazy servant. Could at least put it in the bank and got some interest on it. And then he says, I'm going to take the bag from you. I'm going to give it to five-back Felicia over here because she's actually going to do what I've asked her to do with it. And he says to one bag, one bag Braden, one bag Betty, if you're a woman in the house, says, I'm going to throw them into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, I'm going to throw them into hell. Uh-oh. Jesus is a savage, isn't he? Now, that seems pretty harsh. He said, I thought you were a harsh man. Why? Is, it, is Jesus doing this because it's like, well, hey, you didn't take my money and make me more. Nope. The reason he's doing this is because the context of this parable is told, Jesus is trying to illustrate that tomorrow matters. And Jesus tells this fictional story to help them understand his second coming. So this is told in the context of the second coming of Christ. If you don't know what the second coming of Christ is, Jesus was here on this earth. We believe that he died, that he rose from the grave, that he resurrected and then ascended to heaven. And one day he is coming back for those who believe and issue judgment on those who don't. Amen. And so this is told in the context of the second coming of Christ. And what Jesus is trying to get them to understand is you made a lot of assumptions about me. You thought you knew me but you had no idea. You assumed I was a harsh man. You believed I was harsh. You, you, you assumed I was manipulative. You assumed that I was just trying to use you. Jesus in Matthew 7 says, you may have done all the right stuff. You may have not lost it, but away from me, you evildoers, because I never knew you. What's he saying? It's all about your heart. He's saying it starts in your heart. Say it starts in your heart. And what this reveals, what you do with the deposit God gives you reveals what you believe deep inside of you. And so what, what Jesus wants to know is, did you take my blessing and bury it? Or did you take my deposit and double it? Did you take what I gave you and double it? Or did you take the blessing I gave you and bury it? See, it starts in the heart. If you remember the servant's responses, the first two responded with, God, you gave me this, came from you. I acknowledged where it came from. They had a mindset of abundance. What did they do? They gave it, they invested it. God multiplied it, their faith grew. And so the first two acknowledged who God was but one bag Braden assumed who God was. So here's the question. Are you acknowledging who God is or are you making assumptions about who God is? Do you believe that he's greedy or do you see him as generous? Because remember, you didn't earn the bag that you have in the first place. And see, we get so caught up on amounts and I need you to get this. It's not about the amount of the bag. It's about what you do with it. And see, what he knew was I'm gonna give it to Felicia because Felicia ain't afraid. Felicia will flip it. Felicia will double it. It says that I was afraid. And so if the enemy can't kill your 
Contentment by comparison, what he'll try to do is steal your perspective of who God is. Isn't that what he did in the garden with Adam and Eve? Did God really say that you couldn't eat of that tree or you'll die? What he wants to do is to, he wants to, to steal your perspective of who God is because if he can convince you that God is harsh, that he's angry, that he's mad, that you better perform for him, you will always live your life burying blessings. You'll always be wondering, worried about a fear of failure, not just the God, but other people. And so God, if I take what I, 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 you've given me and if I mess this up, they may not like me. You may not like me. God's going, it's not about an amount, but what you do with the deposit I gave you reveals what you believe inside of you. It's all about your heart. That's why Paul says this in Ephesians 5. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Why? Because tomorrow matters. And if you believe tomorrow matters, you'll be faithful in stewarding today. And so then how do we live a life that, that displays we're not simply here for today, but we want to make a difference tomorrow? What do we do? I think the first thing we have to do is take inventory. Say, take inventory. See, for some of you, you don't really see this. Why? Because you're getting caught up in comparison and you're looking around at what everybody else has and the enemy is diminishing the deposit that God gave you and saying, well, it's not important. You can't do anything with one bag. It's one bag you didn't have before, amen? And so what we have to do, y'all, is we have to take inventory of the blessings that God has graciously given to us. I'm not just talking about money. In fact, this ain't even about money. This is about you. I'm talking about the inventory in your life. I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about your job. I'm talking about your money. I'm talking about your influence and leadership. And what Jesus wants to know, because he says everyone will give an account, is did you double my deposit or did you bury my blessing? Did you take the kids that I gave you and hide them from the world? Or did you take the kids and disciple them in such a way to change the world? Do you see that? Did you take the job I gave you and constantly complain about what you don't have? Or did you take the job I gave you and leverage it to make a difference with what you do have? Did you take the grace that I gave you and bury it? Or did you take the grace I've given you and double it? Somebody say double it. So what do we do? We take inventory of what we have, but then we double what we have. What happened? He gave five. What did she do? She doubled it. Say double it. He gave two. What did they do? Double it. Why is double it important? Well, it's not only just the vision for our church this year. Double it is not just about getting more people. Here's why double it, the idea of doubling it is important because all discipleship is, is the decision to double it. And this is the call of every believer 
not just every pastor, that God has given you his deposit, given you his grace, given you his love, given you his Holy Spirit. But Jesus didn't go and die on a cross for you so that you could bury his grace. Jesus went and died on the cross for you so that you could double his grace for the world. He's calling you and I to make a decision to double what we have. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, it's a picture of discipleship, of doubling it, that, we, that God entrusts faithful teaching to reliable people who will then double and, and entrust teaching to other reliable people. Matthew 28, before Jesus leaves this world, he says, I have given you all authority to go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I am with you always till the very end of the age. I deposited my Holy Spirit in you so that you could be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Somebody say double it. And that's what we're inviting you to be a part of. That's why I'm saying, like, if you'll get today, it will change your tomorrow. If you'll see that you're going, what's my calling? What's my, what's my purpose? If you're a disciple of Jesus, it's to double it, not bury it. And for, for too many people, here's what happens. Watch. We receive the grace Jesus gives and we bury it because we're afraid that we may lose it. But Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit, which is a deposit, a guarantee of your salvation. The enemy can't take away what he never gave to begin with. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to take what I've given you, whatever it is, and I want you to multiply it. I want you to use what I've given you to make a difference tomorrow. Why? Because we believe that less is more and stress is bad and giving is good and tomorrow matters. May we never be a church full of consumers, but may this always be a church full of spiritual contributors. So I don't know what the enemy told you. I don't know if you believe that your best days are behind you, but I'm just here to tell you, if you still got a pulse running through your veins, you still have a purpose. If you still got breath in your lungs, God isn't finished using you yet. And he declares that the best is yet to come. And if you will take the seed and you will double it, we will see disciples multiply all over the earth. And we will see heaven start to get a little bit crowded because of the disciples in Gallatin, Tennessee. Come on. Somebody shout double it. So listen, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you today. As you leave, you're going to get a, a gold bag. Now, the bag don't have gold in it. Sorry, she came last week. You're going to get a gold bag. And in that gold bag, is five invitations. I know I got some two-bag Teddies and two-bag Tammies up in here. I know I got some five-bag Felicias and five-bag Freddies. So, no, I got some one-bag Bradens and one-bag Bettys. Come on, somebody. And, and here's what I want to encourage you with. We're going to give you one bag, believing that God wants to use you to reach the five names that those invitations belong to. Don't you take that gold bag and bury it in the back seat of your car. Take that gold bag and double it. Why? Because discipleship is a decision to double it. What would God be able to do through you? We're gonna talk about that next week. 
Because Jesus says, no, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for his people. Jesus' final prayer on earth was for the disciples. And he says, I pray that you would become one, that you would be unified just as I and the Father are one. And he says, and my prayer is not just for you, but for those who will believe in me through the power of your testimony. I just believe that you're here today, not just to receive a deposit from God, but that God wants to double it through you. Amen. We stand to your feet with me. I want to pray and finish out. Father, thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. God, you, you're so gracious to us. Everything we have belongs to you. God, may we steward it today in such a way, believing that tomorrow matters. But help us be faithful with what you've given. Help us not compare. God, help us take the deposit and double it. You're not harsh. You say that it's your kindness that leads to repentance. That this story was not about money. It was about a man who came to the earth, died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven, and one day is coming back. And when he comes back, God, you will give us two questions. What did you do with my son Jesus? And what did you do with what I gave you? So my first prayer is for those of you who have never received the gift never received the deposit of grace, never received the deposit of God's spirit, of his love for you, because you thought you had to earn it. And I pray that today you would breathe in the gospel, that you would receive it by faith, that there is no way, other way, under heaven or on earth, except through the name of Jesus and Jesus alone, by grace through faith we're saved not by our own doing, but by the very gift of God. God, we receive your gift today, right now, in this moment, right now online, that I pray for those who are saying yes to you right now. Surrender my life. And God, I wanna pray a second prayer for those of you in the room where you have received the, the grace God's given. You have inhaled the gospel. I pray that today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life, that you would exhale the gospel to the world. God, we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everyone who believed it said, amen. amen. Hey, put your hands together for those who accepted Christ today. Come on. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church. Have a blessed day.